Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. Yo, what's good everyone and welcome back to another edition of the Nickus Show. My name is Mo and I'm here with Nafi and we're back at it again for another quarantine series edition of the show. Not much really going on right now, right? How you doing, man? How you holding up? Hanging in there. I like how you said how how I'm holding up. That was a very apt question to ask just because like, I was about to say. I yeah, know. I was about to just say this is this, this, like combo of the Ramadan and then the pandemic induced quarantine is not a good combo bro it's <laughs> you know what i mean but aside from that you know keeping it together staying you know engaged at work as much as one can trying to handle everything else there's not much of a personal life going on for anybody i think so yeah what about you how you doing how's that how's doing everything right. it's a good point that you brought up happy you know ramadan mubarak to everyone who's belated fasting these days belated i, I we might have mentioned the last episode i don't i don't really remember but Weirdly I don't enough, even think we did. <laughs> weirdly enough, I feel like this Ramadan has been pretty straightforward for me. It's like I'm I'm doing the same shit as I've been doing every day, just not eating or drinking anything, and uh, like there's it's not like there's a social life that we're giving up or anything like that. It's it's been relatively easy, especially because the past like five or so years, all of them would would be like sixteen and a half hour days. It'd be as long as possible because those are the longest days of the year. But with April and May, it's not it's not as bad. So. Fasting, yeah, yeah. yeah. So fasting, working, not doing anything, not going outside, keeping my social distancing up, and mm. uh, not one of them, you know, assholes outside going to the park and shit. Yeah, many many assholes out there. That I mean, we we touched on. This is gonna be like revisiting familiar territory. We had a whole our whole rant about the idiots last week. We bigged up our our you know the. Actually, I was about to say something mad blasphemous during Ramadan, but we bigged up our homie Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say profit, but like, nope, mm-mm. not after we just mentioned Ramadan. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> our I God, didn't... God Thanos. <laughs> oh no, Thanos is not a god; he's a titan. <laughs> I mean, he was trying to be a god, and uh, Loki let let him know he wasn't gonna be one. Yeah, but then, yo, what would have been fire if just, like, Thanos just said right there? Instead of smirking at him, that was fire, too. But if you if you were just saying, like, yo, what's a god to a titan? And then just snap his neck, big fire. <laughs> like, if Thanos need a ghost rider, if he's listening, hit me up. Whichever Thanos is still alive, because I know our, our our big homie Thanos got killed. Spoiler alert for, that, for Endgame. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's probably another alternate timeline version of him out there plotting. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was I was about to say. I mean, that's a good point you made. Just about like, since we by default don't have a personal life with uh with uh Ramadan, you know. So it's like that makes it easier. You know, what I mean, it's not like we missed out on anything, like because yeah. cho- that choice was taken away from us. But I know you out there itching to go back to living haram, so you know. <laughs> 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 no, like the weird thing is, I I mean, it's not weird, but I I do enjoy Ramadan. I feel like it's a time where everybody gets to detox and kind of start over. It's kind of like a new year. And um, it'd always be a struggle because in the office, everybody would be like, we'll we need a re-explanation of what Ramadan is and what Bro. that shit entails. <laughs> like, oh, no water, no gum. Like, like it's, and I miss that. Weirdly enough, I miss it because I would go I through don't. the struggle. <laughs> I want to go that far because uh, I, yo. <laughs> <what>? <laughs> sitting with people, eating lunch all the time. I, I, I don't miss doing that, but I miss the, f- the feeling of fulfillment that came with it. You know what I mean? That, that felt like fasting was more worth it. And now it's mm. like. I'm yeah. still waking up late like I was doing. I woke up at like three o'clock today, you know, on a Saturday, and um, that that fulfillment isn't isn't quite there as it usually is. Yeah, I I, I see that for sure. But I do. I was just laughing because it's just like, yo, I do not miss that just being in the office having to answer fucking stupid ass questions. <laughs> I was like, like these are the questions I expected in high school, middle school, shit. And then after we fucking left all that, I was like, okay, we don't got to deal with these stupid, the, these stupid questions anymore. I mean, we're not, we're, like, we're not living day by day next to kids all the time, right? Go to work, motherfucking middle management, fucking forty-year-old Bob. He's like, so you really gotta fast all month? No water? 
Not even water? That's their favorite question, bro. Not even water? Yes, my man. Not even water. <laughs> wow, I me? could never do that. Never, never could I imagine doing that. Yeah, and that's why you, Mr. Caucasian, Bob Smith, fucking whatever the hell. I don't know. This hypothetical person we're talking about. You know, you know what I mean. You know the type. Mm-hmm. Like, not even water. Get the fuck out of my face. Like, oh, can you chew gum? No. Shut up. <laughs> you ma- you making me angry during Ramadan. I'm not supposed to be doing this, Bob. I'm supposed to be peaceful during this time. <laughs> but yeah, you know, have some topical humor that our brown listeners can relate to. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're already halfway through, man. I think Eid is going to be in like two weeks, something like that. Yeah. It's going to be a depressing I mean, ass Eid, though. Can't oh, go yeah. Out. No doubt, but it's also just like, um, the thing about Eid is it's like this year, it would have been lit if we didn't have the pandemic just because it probably would have lined up with Memorial Day. You know what I mean? So it's like I would have planned to take that Friday off anyway. Boom, four-day weekend for Eid. Would have been fire. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't even know how Eid's going to work this year, bro. We're going to have, like, Zoom, like, prayer, like, time slots. <laughs> like, I don't know how it's going to work. Do our muschies that we both, like, even just visit, like, do they even know what Zoom is? WebEx? Is that what it's going to be? Know. Like, I don't understand. We're in uncharted territories, <laughs> bro. <laughs> Yo, you can still, still cash at me some uh, some money, though. That still works. That's still available. You are the older one here between us two. That works out. Yeah, but I don't mean you. That don't mean you're not too old to get money. <laughs> like it's a pandemic, bro. My stimulus check ain't come yet. Speaking of which, are we getting another one for May? Uh, I I haven't seen any reports of it. <laughs> Let me tell you something, bro. I'm thinking all these Republicans and Republican states are just trying to open back up just because, like. They're not trying to give poor people more money than they already mm-hmm. did. They're just uh, like somebody probably just brings it up on the Senate floor. How, what about we just give these poor folks, these poor, you know, just like downtrodden folks because of the pandemic? We just give them another check. Motherfuckers just probably just got laughed out of the Senate floor. <laughs> that, that that dude has no future in politics anymore. Whoever brought it up, you know what I mean? Like why else they rushing into business? And then like, yo, this second wave is about a. Gonna hit. It's gonna be like yo. I'm gonna keep keep the Avengers scene going. It's just gonna be like when fucking Thanos just shows up in Endgame. You thought we was done. You thought Thanos was done in that movie. Beheaded. Nope. He shows up covered in blood, wiping it off his sword. That's gonna be the Corona wave too, bro. Like facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the way everybody's handling it widespread, it's retarded. Oh, pardon me. I shouldn't say that. Apologies. It's stupid. Idiotic. <laughs> yeah, and the numbers are going down in New York, but everywhere else is going up. And uh, once yeah. once we're back in business in a week, apparently, that's just going to go right back up. We know it. It's like they say, oh, we're going to be back to business. But, like, Corona's still out there just waiting to jump us. Like, are you kidding me? Like, Yeah, nothing's changed. They don't care. It's like, yo, imagine you just, like, you, you're a mailman. You go to work every day. And then one day, this big-ass dude that shows up on your mail route just beats the shit out of you day by day. You would, as a human being, just not just stop going down that route, right? Like, report it to the proper authorities. But imagine the authorities are just like, nah, just go to work. It's all right. <laughs> He'll leave. We'll back to business next week. It's okay. You show up the next week, and that motherfucker's still waiting for you, and you got weapons now? <laughs> like, you evolved? Like, <laughs> that's what it is. Like, the second wave's going to come. I saw this shit is like, like, yo, tragically, I saw, like, over the weekend, like, some kids, like, passed yeah. away from it. Like, the first couple kids in New York City, that's, that's crazy, bro. And, yeah, and they're not, like, they don't know if it's directly coronavirus they might say they're saying it might be other things uh i might be wrong on how i'm pronouncing it. i think it's like kawasaki or something like that some yeah. i think three kids died from it yesterday yeah they made, i saw the headlines they made note that it was like it's corona related mm-hmm. but even still it's, it's just like yeah because if the, if these kids didn't get corona whatever pre-existing conditions they had they probably it probably would not have like you know killed them or brought them down mm-hmm. you know what i mean but then obviously corona plays a role and it's just i don't know we just at this point we're just venting about some real life shit I doubt our listeners come to come, come to the Nikki show to get depressed, but I don't know, man. Like, what else is there? Oh, what? Oh, I mean, we, I brought up topical. You know, if uh, it's a small independent documentary that's kind of been you know in circulation wow, the last smooth, couple weeks. I don't know if you. I don't know if you heard. I don't know Oof. if you heard. Small independent production about a, a, a slightly known a ball player, if you will, athlete. One would one could say. Have you have you seen this? I believe it's called The Last Fling. Tango, dance, last right? Hurrah. Yeah, last dance. Last dance. Last hurrah. Yeah, last dance is that what it is? Is that? Yeah, no, no, but uh, <laughs> you've been watching, right? You've been keeping up. Of course, up? No? of course. You can ask, That's that's the thing that we can look forward to most since there are no sports going on right now. Every episode has been ten out of ten. Like ESPN has been killing it. I 
there's so many things I've learned, and I thought I knew basketball, and then you go back to these times, and in reality, I, I didn't know shit <laughs> uh, for, for, the, for the Bulls and their era of basketball dominance. It's crazy. I, I've been loving every episode. We're six episodes in tomorrow night. It's going to be episode seven, and before you know it, the show's, the show's going to be over, and uh, what are we going to do afterwards? Who knows? Yo, no doubt, because, like, I remember when it got announced, was it, like, two years mm -hmm. ago? Oh, they put a trailer yeah. out in 2018, coming 2020, mm -hmm. right? And it was, like, 10 parts, and I saw people, like, online, like, oh, does this really need to be 10 parts? What can they possibly talk about for 10 parts? Motherfucker, this, from the way they're going right now, I could go for another 10 after this one. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, give me part, Last Dance Part 2. I'll even watch five episodes about him on The Wizards. He's such a compelling <laughs> figure. He's literally the goat. It's fucking. You saw like I think I forgot what episode it was, but it was like when he went to Paris, and he went to a talk show, and like in French they're just like the the intro to him. He's like the closest man on earth to God, Michael Air Jordan. That was fire. I had to literally show that clip to my girl because she was like kind of skeptical mm -hmm. about just like the gravity of Jordan's like fame. But nah, at a certain point in time, and still arguably today, he was the most famous player walking or famous person walking the earth and yo like facts just like you like we fucking basketball dorks at this point you know what i mean like i, I read the jordan rules years ago yeah. i re reread that shit a couple years after that um i know you read that that latest michael jordan like was it by roland Lazo La lazenby the, the life I michael jordan his name. You remember yep, that book yep, yep. yeah you read michael that jordan and then, like obviously mm -hmm. yeah like a, a sports writer has been like waxing poetic about the 90s bulls for like since i've been aware as a basketball fan right but then even still it's just like that era was so glorious bro you could just fucking revisit it and it's just like all new material it's especially these last couple episodes i saw kobe show up on the screen mm. bro and i just my heart dropped but i was like yo with, by 902 p.m if both your arms didn't have goosebumps you didn't know basketball you were new to basketball if you're if you did not have goosebumps once the moment i saw kobe 19 year old kobe walking through the locker rooms i'm like oh my god this is this is amazing yo. it's so sad so so many emotions going on and yo when jordan's talking about kobe that that la kid oh my god i was hoping that should give me goosebumps. i really he's talking shit yeah. about the little laker boy yeah, yeah. i really <laughs> i really wish they, the segment was a little longer i was I, I thought it would be but even the the seven or so minutes they gave to kobe and michael's relationship was was beautiful yeah, I mean, like Jordan spoke at Kobe's funeral for a reason. Yeah. That was like actual his actual big bro. Mm -hmm. There's like not many people walking on the earth that could literally say affectionately, "Oh, J Michael Jordan is literally my big brother." You know what I mean? Uh, uh, aside from like his blood relatives, it was them and Kobe, and it was just the way you could see that relationship. Just like that was the start of it all. You know what I mean? And how close they got over the years, and just seeing it blossom right there for the first time. Bro, goosebumps. So you can't be a basketball, you can't call yourself a basketball fanatic or even just like a partial historian and tell me you didn't get goosebumps watching that because, bro, poetic, beautiful. And I love how it opened. MSG, we got Kobe's first All-Star game, Mike's last game, All-Star game as a bowl, and you got Nas's If I Rule mm -hmm. the World fucking playing, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? To go with that whole 90s golden era theme when Nas was, Nas was a motherfucking titan yep. in the rap game. Oh, my God. That was so well done. And, like, I don't know if how – obviously, Jordan had creative input, but, like, whoever like – The this soundtrack on this has well been amazing. The documentary. The soundtrack. Oh, no doubt, bro. Yo, killing it. Bro. Yo, because, like, once I heard that, like, Jordan been holding on to this footage since, like, he retired and stopped playing for the Bulls, I just knew, like, when it was coming, when it would be released, when this was coming, it would come right. You know what I mean? Like, he was not going to hold back. He was like, oh, okay. Y'all putting LeBron in these conversations with me? Y'all must have forgot. And there are certain people out there that don't that even realize. Because I saw some shit on Twitter in, this, in was it episode six, when it was like that last half of, the, half of the episode was just about like the Barkley-Jordan dynamic and like that clash of Titans in the finals. I saw people on Twitter just like being surprised. They're like, oh, Barkley was this nice? Motherfucker, are you kidding me? How you a basketball fan? Like, I understand not being around to see him, but it's just like even... When you first get in, at least me personally, when I first get in anything, I start, I, I look into the greats. Because like, if you have a passion for something, why not? Would you, why would you not appreciate what came before your time? You know what I mean? So it's just like, that blew me away. Like, that was one of the surprising things to me. But, I mean, for what you've seen so far, just random thoughts. What are some surprising, like, aspects of it? Or if you wanted to build on that, like, shock that I just had that people didn't realize that Charles motherfucking Barkley was nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I it's... One of the things I didn't know was that when Kobe got his first All-Star nod, he wasn't a starter on the Lakers. I don't know if you know knew this. I did not know that he was not starting for the Lakers, and he got voted in. 
That. Oh yeah, Eddie Jones. Yeah, Eddie Jones yeah. is still there. I, I didn't know he wasn't starting. Bro. I, I even looked up up to the game when he, right before the All Star game, he still wasn't starting, even though he got the nod to be an All Star. That 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 blew me away that he was that good at 19. Because I know his first season he wasn't as nice because he wasn't getting the minutes for it. But yeah, um, I think the part that's the craziest to me, even even in an era of social media, the amount of pressure that Jordan was getting to be perfect was like insurmountable is what is what we're seeing especially when they started talking about the knicks you know yeah. we're the nickish show we got to talk about it when he went to oh, when man. he went to atlantic city till what 2 30 a.m like if you're playing cards in a casino it's gonna go up that long especially if you're in a hot streak um and he's yeah. playing black like that that's that's just the way it goes you're saying that from experience uh, he's, he's random 3 a.m nights he's I'm, like yeah, I'm, yeah. Nice black yeah i'm not gonna front but these are the these are the haram activities <laughs> i mentioned earlier my man like come on now you can't just be confirming my joke earlier. That just ruins the whole point of it being a joke. Right, I'm talking about once upon a time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, anyway. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last week. I've, asked, I've I've then asked for forgiveness. Um. <laughs> uh. Anyway, he's <laughs> put me on the spot there. Anyway, he's playing till 2:30 in the morning before a playoff game. This is Michael Jordan, and the amount of media pressure he got after that, all the shit that he had to go through for, and he basically boycotted the media afterwards. The amount of pressure he gets to be perfect out on things outside of what he, what his job is, which is to play basketball. It's it's crazy, and yeah. even even before social media, like he'll he'll walk out of a room, he'll have like a two by three space for himself, and cameras all around him, and it's like he had to be perfect. And I it always impresses me on how good he was when talking to the media. He was very he was he was nice to them. He uh, knew how to talk the talk. And um, that that, oh, yeah. that part really impresses me. Yeah, up until just like the gambling stuff really came to light, yo, you talk about that like that insurmountable pressure on him to be Mister Perfect. He was doing a motherfucking hell of a job mm-hmm. from like the '80s up until the the gambling like thing got exposure. That was a hell of a streak, you know what I mean? To like be that clean cut, you know what I mean, Mister Mister Untouchable. And, yo, these commercials they had, like, I want to be like Mike, the little kid singing it. I remember that vaguely. I remember, like, even just, like, as a kid growing up, him being in the Gatorade commercials years after he had retired. You know what I mean? It was him. The name's escaping me right now. But it was, like, that that the, the, the white lady that was the MLS player. You know what I mean? Do you remember it was, like, a, a Gatorade commercial where it was just, like, anything you can do, I could do better. I, and they was, like, competing while drinking Gatorade. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm thinking myself, like, that's the staying power of Jordan, and we could talk about it right now in 2020 terms. He just had a sneaker drop today, the Air Jordan 1 Retro. Shit sold out in, like, five minutes. Mm-hmm. Still, Royals, every yeah, weekend, Royal you Royals. know what I mean? Exactly, you know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, look at you showing off your sneak, sneaker head, sneaker head. I little, slept uh, through it. <laughs> I woke up at 3 o'clock. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, shit. It is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy because, like, to go to your whole point about um the pressure and the gambling, like, this man Mike gave zero fucks. <laughs> Even to this day, he was just like, I didn't have a gambling problem. I, was, I, was, I had a competitive problem. My man, that's that's what it, people in the addict business call rationalization. But like, see, that, I, that's, I that's the thing though. It's it's not a gambling problem if he has the money to lose for. If he if he had to sell his cars so he could keep continue gambling, that's a gambling. You know problem. when I re- when it was confirmed to me it was a problem when he was in the security guard's room, <laughs> like just like impulsively just spend twenty dollars with dudes that are making like not even one percent of his salary. This is a millionaire. Most famous person on earth. He's like, yo, twenty dollars to throw a coin at the wall. What? Yo, there's that's some fiend shit. <laughs> yo, there has to that's be. A, there has a, to be some sort of daddy issue with this. With this whole competitive edge, there has to be. I mean, I feel like they kind of touched did. on it. I would have yeah. liked them Cause to it, explore. Because I remember it was like his dad favored his older brother. Yeah, yo. you know and he mean? was just like, no, nah, no, nah, and I can't relate. He was like, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, you don't have to play with. Go, go help with. Go help your mom. Go help your mom. And that definitely ingrained his head. I gotta yeah. study how this man <laughs> fathered his his kid Jordan. I'm just gonna. I was going to emulate that. Exactly. Like, it's going to be Jordan, yeah. you know? And I feel like it would have been cool to explore that more, but then that's that's where it comes in that, like, Jordan had, like, all the creative input on this. He wouldn't obviously want to really touch on his vulnerability, uh, like, psychologically, but, like, that's definitely something to explore for sure because definite daddy issues for sure because, like, once it was, like, once his dad was just like, oh, yeah, like, I preferred his older brother, and I would tell him to go, like, play dress-up and drink tea uh-huh. with his mom or whatever the fuck he said. And I was just like... Really, bro? You just created a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's like the Thanos like fucking origin story. <laughs> it's just flashback to just him and Thanos in the playground. Like, oh, who's that purple ugly kid? No, that's not my son. I'm gonna pick up. My, I'm gonna pick up my older ch- child. I don't know, whatever the fuck. But 
damn son that was really fucked up and but the thing about it was it's like the way they framed it and this is how it was in real life it was crazy how inevitable jordan was like that rise you know what i mean like he ran into the pistons they like historically that Pistons squad amazing team you know what i mean like they kind of get lost in the footnotes of history but they got to get their due credit that was fire but then they made it seem like they were like the great wall of china you know what i mean and like success was just over them it was just two years they was in jordan's way and once those two three years was done it was jordan's time you know what i mean so even like a two short two to three year period where like he wasn't like overcoming the odds that pressure was still there because I feel like at that time, everybody else felt Jordan was inevitable. You know what I mean? And then they were just like, oh, okay, why is he having trouble with the Pistons? Obviously because they had the Jordan rules and shit. But once he overcame that, it was just like watching a rocket ship take off. And that was the beauty of it. Just like when they was kind of putting that individual spotlight on each final series, I feel like you saw a different version of Mike. It was like there's so many layers to this documentary that you, you can't say enough. It's just fucking perfect. Exactly what we fucking needed mm-hmm. in this pandemic too, son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, he has to take his shots at IT every time. You saw that tweet by Isaiah Thomas of, like, today? He's what like, yo, say? people, people be DMing me as if I have beef with Michael Jordan. <laughs> oh, yeah, hey, I saw that. I saw that the other little so IT, funny. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's dead funny. It's like, yo, yo, do you imagine, though, if, like, if the reverse happened, Michael B. Jordan just, tweeted on, uh, just chilling on Twitter, and then he just sees his DMs, the real Isaiah Thomas, Hall of Fame, Pistons point guard just in there just <laughs> talking shit to him? <laughs> <laughs> like you bald head ugly motherfucker and Michael B is just like son I was, I was in Creed I don't know what you're talking about man <laughs> the wrong mic but yeah I, I loved it I bathed in the fucking the IT slander the, the Isaiah Thomas slander during this uh, documentary cause he's a he's piece of shit. shit I'm on record of saying like I do not fuck with that dude like it's not even it's just past the Nick shit you know what I mean it's just like he's a snake so just seeing Jordan have that hate for him as I see confirmed if the goat hates this man that's who am I to just, like, not hate him as well? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yo, what do you think about the Rodman part, though? I got some thoughts, but I want to see your take on, uh, on on the homie Dennis Rodman. I, I'm liking Rodman with I'm, – I'm liking Rodman more and more every episode. Last episode, there was a part after some when Phil Jackson came up. He's like, y'all going to the pool? He's like, no, nah, I'm going to Hooters. <laughs> 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 so everyone else going to the pool and hanging, like, no, nah, I'm going to Hooters. And like he's he's so bizarre and so crazy, and I think like I someone asked Jimmy Butler on some show, they're like, "Do you guys think do you think it's a Dennis Rodman in today's NBA?" And he's like, "Yeah, of course, it's Russell Westbrook." And I love Russ for all his antics and all his crazy shit that he does, and he doesn't care about what anybody thinks. And you're making a face. Sounds like Mr. Jimmy Butler needs to fucking watch this documentary because it's like, yo, I'm not, I mean, I'm, not, I'm, not Rodman, I'm not the biggest Russ fan. He's unique, but but like there's yeah, I mean. It's are you saying he's not as unique, cool. or are you see are you saying there's validity to that comparison, like Russ to Dennis? No, Rodman? I'm not saying I'm you know not saying Russ is Dennis Rodman, but if there's someone in the NBA right now who doesn't care about what anybody thinks and he's gonna do his his thing his way, that's Russ. That that much I agree. Yeah. With. I don't think there's anybody else in the NBA who gives less of a shit about what other people have to say and will do his own thing and be successful at it. I throw Draymond out there, and I feel like that kind of comparison maybe works a little better just because Draymond was a dirty work guy, too, for a dynasty, just as Rodman was. You know what I mean? But then Draymond don't have, like, that flair. And That's like the missing that. point. Yeah. Draymond's, not as interest- Draymond's not as interesting, but he is just, like, I think he does feel that he did feel that role, at least in that Golden State era of being, like, the wild card that was also, like, the dirty work guy that needed to be there to support the stars, you know what I mean? So I think that's how the comparison as works. As an on-court— Personality-wise, you're right, Yeah, yeah as yeah, an yeah. on-court comparison, Draymond definitely fits better because he'll, he'll get he'll get 20 rebounds and three points in a game yeah. while Russell will get a triple-double. But as as a personality flair and all that, that's that's Russ. But yeah. I was going to say back in the day—or not even back in the day— I mean, Technically, might be back in the day because we got probably got some young listeners. But like in the 20, 2010, 2009 era, when Artest got to the <laughs> Lakers, I was like, I was like the biggest Kobe stand. I was just throwing that comparison out there. Yo, it's just like when Jordan got Rodman, yeah. which it really was. You know what I mean? Like just that relationship. I always remember reading all about like the intricacies and the quirkiness of the Kobe Artest relationship. It matched like fucking how Jordan like treated Rodman to a T. Because like 
You know, remember during the documentary, Jordan's like, oh, Rodman's the smartest player I probably ever run into. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure Kobe said some shit about Artest's basketball IQ, too, being, like, off the charts. You know what I mean? And then I remember both kind of comments was, like, taken, like, with surprise. But then I'm like, okay, you got Rodman, who's probably the greatest rebounder of all time, who, like, just when he was describing rebounding positioning, that shit was art. You know what I mean? I seen it become a meme where he's just like, oh, if it goes that way, I'm going to go this way. You know what I mean? I saw people clowning mm-hmm. it a little bit, but it was like, yo, there's actual science to mm-hmm. that. He's literally talking about watching the trajectory of the ball, judging it in fucking parallel to where the backboard and rim is and then choosing his next move that's fucking science to that iq to that you know what yeah. i mean it's the same way how our test would talk about like oh what i need to do to lock down certain players it's there's beauty in that shit and like jordan and kobe being the geniuses they are they saw that beauty too you know what i mean so i thought that was fire as well yeah. just about that whole rodman part on a lighter note the carmen electra part was hilarious <laughs> <laughs> i think you had some other comments before we turn to that but nah, uh, yeah and no, i was gonna say i i uh He's a guy who basically started the workload stuff. <laughs> He's like, now nah, I need time off from this. And uh, I really respect Scotty and Jordan's respect for Rodman. I just being like, yo, let him take his time off if he needs it. There's like yeah. some, some like no one really get like it took a while for mental health to be an actual issue even today. And we're talking almost we're talking 25 years ago. And, you know, they're talking <clears throat> they, they understood that mental health was an actual thing. And they let Rodman yeah. do his part because they knew once he's back on the court, once he needs to practice, he'll do what he, he'll do his job because he's really good at it. But yeah, what, what's up with Carmen Electra? No, I was just going off that mental health thing. I think like remember I remember growing up as a kid, like just hearing about Rodman or reading about Rodman. He was always just referred to in like in the NBA history books as like a weirdo. You know what I mean? But as you grow older, it's just like. He explained it. The best thing, the best quote I heard from Robin in this thing was just like, on the basketball court, I'm good. You know what I mean? I'm like focused. I'm focused on my craft, doing what I enjoy. But it's just like, when you leave the workplace, if you don't have nothing else, especially for a dude like Rodman that came from nothing, it wears on your mind and your mental health, right? And he, he didn't say it that. I'm kind of paraphrasing, but that was just his overarching point. I saw that. I, I felt that 100,000%. You know what I mean? Like, it's... At the time, he was still being clowned as a weirdo. Oh, his colorful hair, he's cross-dressing, he's playing. There was no idea of, like, playing with gender roles back Mm -hmm. then. But Rodman was, like, a revolutionary. Man showed up in, like, a wedding dress, you know what I mean? Like, colored his hair, obviously, all in different colors. And back then, people thought it was weird. But now, it's just, like, you see, was it 20, 25 years ago? You see, like, the relevance now. Rodman, like, yo. Man's an icon some, just off that. If someone you know were I mean? to do that today, they would get clowned on. And think about it back in the nineties when it was when things were a lot harder, when people were a lot more, you know racist, racist and against, derogatory. against shit like that. <laughs> Homophobic. Yeah. Whole, whole all sorts of phobics uh-huh. back then. Yeah. You can only imagine what he must have you know, what people said to him back in the day. Yeah, but then like to your point, it's just like now it's just like Everybody tries to be that eccentric person. You know what I mean? Like, motherfucking Kuzma dying his hair a different color every week, and he, he don't even have one-fourth the level of game that Rodman did. The fuck out of here. You know what I mean? I saw a perfect tweet for somebody during the Rodman section. His name is, like, Miles Brown, M. Brown. He was just like, this Rodman section just brings forth how fucking fake and phony uh, Kuzma is. You know what I mean? He just puts a spotlight on it because Kuzma's trying so hard. I don't know if you see his social media antics or, like, him going to a game. Blonde, bleach blonde hair, wearing like weird ass clothes. You know what I mean? Like, stop it, son. Like you, like I feel like now it seems more forced. Like everybody knows there are cameras watching, so like, oh, let me be the quirky athlete, right? Rodman was just being himself back then, son. Like what you said, like a hey, hey, coach, two out, two days in Vegas, huh? Yeah, no, yeah, okay, I'm out. Like that's fire. <laughs> that's so fire to be. And then the Carmen Electra part, son. The, the, just trying to imagine that scene of just like Jordan, motherfucking Michael Jordan banging on your hotel door. Like, yo, wake the fuck up. And you got Carmen Electra in her prime, just on your right hand side. And you're just like, oh shit, I'm late. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's a fucking. If they make a hangover for, I want that scene recreated with all the, all the parties. You know what I mean? That shit is hilarious. Just imagine a movie opening like that. You just, you know how like when a movie opens. Sometimes they they play the sound, but they don't show you what's where that sound's coming from. So you just hear banging. You know what I mean? The movie opens all pitch black, banging on the door. Boom. It, it, it cuts to just fucking Michael Jordan just cursing and banging <laughs> on the door. Rodman, wake the fuck up. Yo, I, I'd watch that movie day one. 
if there wasn't a pandemic. You know what I mean? <laughs> that shit was hilarious. That's, that's my only point. <laughs> <laughs> that man had a crazy life, bro. One of the goats in his own way. Oh, easily. And that and that brings me to my point. Like I wrote this down because I took notes like a grown up during this. Good you know shit. what I mean? If, if people don't, if if people don't, if people doubt that we put in work, I'm serious about this. Note taking. Yeah, it's MLA format. I would show it. My handwriting's trash, but <laughs> what was I saying? I put Phil equals goat. You know what I mean? As in like the greatest head coach of all time. Just like when you see it in person, the different personalities he had to manage, and like the expectations. You know what I mean? As they kept winning, obviously. If expectations would keep rising mm-hmm. you know what i mean it became one milestone after another and he had to keep not just like one dynasty together it was technically two dynasties because that third that second three-peat it was a different cast of characters he had to handle you know what i mean like he had a fucking a weirdo as gm like if you read the jordan rules you already knew going in jerry Krause is a fucking dickhead but like seeing it in person and seeing like Seen the actual disdain Michael like viscerally and visually had for this little troll. Every chance he gets, the the Kukoc thing I found was really <laughs> funny, and they just went yeah, off really on Kukoc because they're just trying to show Jerry Krause. That shit is so funny to me. That's that has daddy. That's daddy. That's daddy issues, like at a T right there. Krause was his dad. That's that's how you like, picture him. That's why he was able to be so successful. Exactly. <laughs> he was like that proxy for a dad. He's like, oh, you like this kid more. All right, let me fuck him up. Scotty, you in? And Scotty was just like, oh, this motherfucker trying to take food off my plate because Scotty was making minimum wage back then. He's like, the fuck? No, I know this fool's not getting my fucking food stamps and EBT cards. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> that was an underrated storyline. I can see why Mike's kind of a dickhead because uh, he didn't really have Scotty's back. You know what I mean? Your, your right-hand man is being literally paid like scraps, and you're just like, I think Scotty just gotta get over it, or whatever the fuck Scott, uh, Michael Jordan said in the fucking press uh, I, conference that's, or whatever. That's you know a good mean? point, actually. Now, now, now that you mention it, there were, there were a few moments like that. And the interesting thing is that before this dropped, Michael's like, "You guys are gonna think I'm an asshole by the time you're you're through with this." And there haven't been too many. I mean, I still there love haven't him. been too many yeah. points where I thought he was being an asshole, except for that one where he he thought that Scotty was being selfish because he wasn't getting paid his own dollars, which I didn't like. The other one, he called himself God, which. Which worked out funny, and like I, I, I respect it, but then it's also like, uh... <laughs> brother, he's probably one of the few people on this planet that could uh, say that, and I'll just be like, yeah, fair, that's fair. I wasn't fair mad, fun. but I was like, oh, okay, all right. I respect I mean, it. If I were, if I were Michael uh, Jordan, I'd probably say the same thing at the time. That's what I'm saying. I was like, yo, Mike, look, if you want to blaspheme, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You know what I mean? Like, six, uh, you got six rings, I don't. So. Just... If you want to call yourself God, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, uh, just to but yeah, you on your my phone. My phone just went on off your. But uh, yeah, I'm talking about Phil yeah, Jackson. Yeah, it's like like I I still have a lot of disdain for Phil Jackson's tenure with the Knicks, or well, Phil Jackson mm-hmm. because of his tenure for the Knicks. But as a coach, the fact that he got them to get into the Zen, uh, part of my ignorance, but culture and like. Um, yeah, you know, do yeah. do all that shit with all their varying crazy personalities. That the fact they got them to be a team, he, that's one of a kind. Not that many guys have to deal with all that shit and put it together. Was he the coach in '95 and '96? He was, right? Um, yeah, he was. Remember, because he was like, uh, what was it called? He was. He, remember, it was like a big storyline when Jordan was gone. He wanted to give Ku coach the last shot. Scotty mm-hmm. was like, nah, I'm mm-hmm. just not going to show up in the huddle. It was a playoff game, yeah, too. Yeah. Bro, that's the one aspect. Of, I, I remember that whole ordeal. Like, I remember reading about it and being aware of it. But then that's an underrated aspect. It was during a playoff game. It wasn't like Scotty was being like a bitch. Yeah, I like Scotty, but like he was being a bitch in that situation. It wasn't like he was being a bitch during a February, like, fucking regular season game. It was a playoff game, and he's just like, oh, you're going to give the last shot to this guy? I'm not going to play. That's not how it works, Scotty. Like... First of all, you don't get paid enough to be talking to your coach like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Phil should have just been like, yo, broke boy, just shut up and get in the game. Like, are you kidding me? Like, it, I mean, yeah, it's so many different personalities. But, like, to your to the main point, circling back, obviously, Phil Jackson, GOAT coach. And, like you said, handling all them situations. Like, and I was just going to say, strategic Zen master move, like, chess move was just like, Phil also putting him on the opposite side of Kraus. Once he used Kraus as, like, that uniting factor for the team, like, the hate for him, it's a dickhead shit to say, but he just made a whole, uh, like, a 15 dudes hate one guy and just brought the team together, like a big family. 
It's beautiful. Genius. You know what I mean? In a, in a dickhead kind of way. Like, that's genius to me. Came, he came up with you know the, uh, the Last Dance theme, so much uh, much respect to, to Phil Jackson. Yeah, to I mean, point. shit, that's kind of fire. He just, like, na- names each season a different thing. You know what I mean? I kind of want to know what the, what he named the season where it, when it wasn't just Mike, where it was just Scotty. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, the Chronicles of the Crybaby. Like, year one with just Scotty as a main guy. The one without Chronicles MJ. of the Crybaby Part 2. Yeah, yeah exactly. You watch Friends, right? <laughs> I watched it, but I wouldn't, like, say I'm, like, you know, just fond of it. But you weren't fa- you're not fond of Friends? Are you? I am. Is it very... All right, this is this like how how fun, how fun, how fun. No, no, no. Just, we're on the. It's it's still topical. Nineties bulls. You know what I mean? Like Friends was like big back then. I uh, actually topical when fucking Jay Seinfeld showed up in the locker room meeting with uh, Mike. That shit was, that was real cool. to me. I got yeah. goosebumps. Those are my two goats. So you talking about Friends? Seinfeld, son. Mm-mm. That shit blows Friends out the water. You know what I mean? I think there are a lot of guys like that out there. Like, I feel like they're you're either on either side. I, I, I like Seinfeld, too, but because it hasn't been on Netflix, I'll be honest, I haven't watched every episode. I've watched the occasional episode when it'd be on at, like, 7.30 on Fox after The Simpsons. Like, I remember that shit. But like, I, didn't, I didn't watch all the episodes. But I've watched every episode of Friends, like, twice. You should have been tuned into TBS, bro. Uh, TBS Channel 8 in New York City, bro. For my whole fucking preteen years, just, like, memorizing the Seinfeld episodes. To be honest with you, just like me able to like seamlessly transition to corporate talk, I kind of owe that to just watching Seinfeld growing up. I was like, oh, okay, this is this is how affluent white people talk. Cool, <laughs> you know what I mean? I got this in the bag and it works. So I pay, I pay homage to Seinfeld for that. But nah, that's a goat comedy to me, like comedy like sitcom. I just think like it's on a whole different tier. Like Friends to me is just like if we if we trying to draw a parallel to ball. Like Seinfeld is MJ. Friends is probably just like I don't know. Dominique Wilkins, like they was they was playing in the same era, but one was clearly closer to God level than the other one was. Very you know debatable, I mean? but I can't Seinfeld I can't persist because I haven't watched Seinfeld enough to to let you know just mm-hmm. yet. Smart, <laughs> should, should, the, the, the ignorant shouldn't de- the the debate. No, I'm playing. <laughs> You're not ignorant. You gotta watch Friends, man. Friends is really good. No, bro, I didn't say I didn't watch Friends. I said I'm not fond of it. It's not bad. You know what I mean? I've seen probably every episode. You know what I mean? Like, because I, I like to see shit before I form an opinion on it, wild as that is in our climate in 2020. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not a shot at anybody. It's just like generally I notice it like going back to the old Charles Barkley point. People had strong opinions about Charles Barkley and they didn't realize that he was nice at ball. That blows my mind, bro. I was seeing it live on Twitter. I was like, they're, they're trolling. No, it was just literally more and more tweets saying, like, wow, Barkley was crazy. No, it was a period in the 90s where he was, like, literally the second best player in that era. You know what I mean? Up there with Hakeem and Jordan. And Yeah, I mean, if you want to keep talking about the doc, or we could get into the Friends versus Seinfeld thing. Let well, me I know, can't do that just yet. Let me, let me, let me, let me watch Seinfeld Barkley. all of it before uh, <laughs> we, we embark on it. I got you, got you. But um, now, what I was going to say about Barkley and I remember reading the Jordan rules. It was like vivid details about how Barkley legitimately at that time when they matched up in the finals and even all those years before then, like basically as soon as he entered the league, he thought him and Mike was right there together. Like they was the two best, 1A, 1B. And then to hear Barkley be like, and they had the exact quotes in the Jordan rules book too. It was just like, I thought it was the best player in the motherfucking league, but Jordan's just better. And like, I can't do anything yeah. about it. To hear a man that achieved so much success and just be, like, defeated like that, like, mentally, that's major. And that just lets you know what kind of killer Jordan was. He broke, like, other possible goats, like, their will to compete. He, you know what I mean? That's kind of crazy. He, it's crazy to think that how many franchises' best players of all time he, he's beaten. He's beaten the two best players in Jazz history. He's beaten the best player in Pacers history. Uh, no, sorry, Sonics mm-hmm. history and Pacers history mm-hmm. while we're at it. Knicks, yeah. uh, not the Knicks history, unless you count Patrick Ewing as the best. I don't think he is the best. Oh, yeah. Nah, he's the best. Is he I, not? I, I, oh, okay. We, I, 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 he might be like second or third, but I mean, we, got, we still got like. He's not third. If he's not best, he can't right. be third, bro. Uh, maybe maybe, maybe Clyde or maybe like Willis this. Reed, but. Um, well. I mean, even Clyde would say Clyde was better than Willis. <laughs> yeah, I'd give him either first or second. It's, it's he, I think he's interchangeable, changeable with with Clyde at this point because he never had a, a great number two. Like, who was his second best player? Like Starks or Oakley? Uh, Ewing. Yeah, for Ewing. I mean, here's a footnote. I mean, obviously we wasn't alive for it, but like, 
obviously being a Knicks junkie, like Xavier McDaniel was like the second best player for that one season was mm-hmm. he was there. And it was like there was like a conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy, but I think it was like confirmed. He shared he shared an agent with Jordan, and he was like the dude. Remember when they was like zooming in on the Knicks in the nineties like series? There was like a scene where it was like Jordan went face to face with a Knicks player. Mm-hmm. That was Xavier McDaniel. Yeah. Like he he did not back down to Jordan. But he had the same agent as Jordan. So instead of retiring with the Knicks, or not retiring, re-signing with the Knicks, that free agency or whatever, he just went to a different team. Because of, like, Jordan, like, put the word into his agent. Like, yo, take him away from the Knicks. You know what I mean? Because, like, he was, like, quote-unquote, our missing piece. That's how a lot of, like, Knicks fans apparently framed it back mm. then. Xavier McDaniel. Because he was nice, the X-Man. Yeah. Like, it was him. Um, was, oh, Anthony Mason, obviously. And then Charles Oakley were, like, the goons for a minute. Not for a minute, but, like, for a short while. Yeah. And then... History's footnotes, but nah, yo, to your whole to that whole argument about the greatest Nick player, it's got to be Ewing, bro. Like, I think it's just because of the eras, you know. You, I don't think you could really, if '90s is a golden age and Ewing had us on, had the whole city on his back during the '90s, I gotta call him the goat Knicks player. You know what I mean? Fair enough. I can't, I can't argue with that. I, you know, it's not too much of an argument to go with against Patrick Ewing. But anyway, yeah, Jordan being the best, you know, franchise best players, he he's beaten uh. Who else? He's being Barkley. Mm-hmm. He's being, um, you know, IT. He's being, uh, you know, a number of players. But the fact that at their best, he's still better. Is it just goes to show on how much, how um, how much of a goat Michael Jordan really is. And then you start thinking about like the comparison between him and LeBron at this point. Everyone in the world knew Michael Jordan, and I know this because my dad did not my parents didn't grow up watching basketball they didn't they didn't watch basketball in the 90s either i didn't watch basketball in my house in the 90s but they knew who michael jordan was yeah uh, and i don't think if i if i don't think if i don't think they would have known who lebron james was. yeah i if, feel if you because like my mom to this point. day probably can't name three american actors but growing up she knew who michael jordan was it was probably was the only american like famous yeah. person she knew but she knew who michael jordan was you know what i mean like it was like i remember yeah. fucking we went to costco when i was a kid i bought the fucking vhs of fucking space jam and then I was like trying to convince mm-hmm. my dad to let me get it. And my mom was like, yeah, let him buy it. There's Michael Jordan on the cover. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Game, set, match. <laughs> I was lit, bro. I was like six years old. It was a VHS, and it came with like a little silver Space Jam coin with, the, with Michael and the Looney Tunes on mm-hmm. it. I don't know where it is right now, but I swear to God, I'd pay top dollar for it off eBay if I could find it. You know what I mean? But see, that that's a good-ass point, though. Shit, shit's on Netflix. I, it's been one of my quarantine movies nice, I've watched yo. so far. I got to... You know that shit has like a five point seven on Rotten Tomatoes. Bro, somehow. if you go back and like, there's a lot of, I don't know, I don't know how you could watch that movie critically and just like rip it to shreds. You, it's it served its purpose. Mm-hmm. It, it literally, there's probably a whole generation of '90s kids that watched it and just became obsessed with basketball because that's how it was for me. That was like I watched that shit six or seven. Yeah. I'm just like, and I addicted to the Looney Tunes. I knew of Jordan. You combine them both, I fell in love with the game. You know what I mean? Then started like really sitting in on watching like the Knicks games with my uncles and my dad, and then it all took off from there. You know what I mean? So, like, there ain't no Nickish podcast without Space Jam, bro, for keeping it real. You saw the uh, the hat that LeBron was showing nah, out? Well, what was that? His new, he he, uh, he showed off a Space Jam hat. I forgot the name of the movie that that's going to be. It's going to be Space Jam some shit. Oh, shit. Show the hat for it. I, I did see they released the yeah. logo. So, it said something like Yeah, yeah, they have Space like a Jam name 2, for a it. New Era or some shit. Is. You know what I mean? I don't know. Someone, sure. I think it was something along those lines I saw, but yeah, I mean. But going off the inspiring thing, like it's it, like Space Jam inspired us to get more into basketball, and I I don't think I've ever seen a Jordan game on TV like while it was playing. I might have, but mm-hmm. I just don't remember it. But like watching watching the documentary just makes me want to go out to to five two or windmiller and start balling right there. At least that's Yo. the way it was for me. Going to PS eleven, thinking about those days just to throw down a couple of buckets. I'm sure there are kids now that are watching Jordan for the first time like this, and they're like, they're they're gonna try to fade away. Yo, now. there are literally Fuck people three. out there that are probably watching him, and they're just like, oh, what the hell? He's like Kobe before Kobe. That's literally what he was. You know what I mean? Like these moves you see, mm-hmm. I'm like, god damn, bro. It's like. You're talking about getting the itch to go play ball. It's just like I just stand up in my apartment and just, like, start doing the fucking fadeaways myself because it's just so picture-perfect smooth. I think he had the most aesthetically pleasing mm-hmm. game in the history of NBA. It's him and Kobe, you know, in terms of aesthetics, in terms of, like, watching him go to work. is the most beautiful thing ever. Like, they're the most effortless scorers. Kevin Durant's in there, too, but he and Nett, so we don't acknowledge him. He's also kind of a bitch still. But, yeah, Jordan Kobe, like, you when they, sh- when they do the slow-mo of him just, like, posting up a dude, do the turnover fade away that shit's so pure 
so pure, bro. It's, but yo, you just remind me of like, oh, I just remember, but I did want to kind of mention, you mentioned like the different franchises he just quelled and like, you know, like the different franchise players he just stopped and like prevented from actually reaching that like, that end game, that like, you know, prosperity winning ring or whatever. Can you really say that, like when you when you bring it to the like the LeBron press? Can you say that about LeBron? You know what I mean? Like who do you really stop like that in his era? His era of dominance in the Eastern Conference. He had in comparison to what Michael went through in the East. Like LeBron's dealing with like a JV version of it. You know what I mean? Because like every year it was like once Derrick Rose. I feel. Let me circle back. Once Derrick Rose went down with that injury and he kept getting injured. I feel like those Bulls teams were like the biggest threat to Jordan's dominance or not Jordan LeBron's dominance in the East. And after that, it was just like a, a fucking a role of just like pretenders. Like I never took the Pacers seriously. Like yeah, they gave like Miami some scares, but it was like it was never just like anything more than just like oh LeBron and D Wade just need to turn up at the same time and they're done. You know what I mean? And then like I don't know. I I think that's one underrated aspect of that comparison, LeBron versus Jordan, that this documentary is bringing to life. LeBron, like Jordan was going against killers like that actual franchise players in the East. You know what I mean? Like killer franchises, and then. LeBron had what DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry. I mean, yeah, you you start you start going back on it. you start thinking about it when he first entered the playoff picture. Start off with the Pistons. They still won the they still won the title without him in their way. And uh, you keep going to the Celtics. They won their title. Chicago Bulls are the only team that he might have stopped from getting another championship, and that's because yeah. DeRozan went down. And uh, after after that, you have the Pacers. Uh, yeah, I mean. And now maybe like present yeah, day Celtics. Exactly. And he was just it, basically really. running through a whole bunch of content because it was never in question that oh it got to a point where it was just like yeah LeBron's whoever wh- whichever team LeBron's on in the East they're going to the finals. You know what I mean? It was never there was never any drama or like anything like that. It, the biggest drama, especially in his last few years in the East, was just like yo are the Cavs actually gonna give a shit about defense this year? That was the biggest drama. You know what I mean? Because we already knew they were gonna get to the finals. It was just like a question of they would actually d up or whatever. Yeah. And the teams that he fa- he'd face in the finals, they beat him at some point. Yeah. Spurs beat him. Mm-hmm. Warriors have beaten him. Um, mm-hmm. Dallas beat him. Like yeah. it's just if he if he stopped if he stopped Dirk from winning it, then that's one of the guys that you can name on the list. And even but still, if he did beat Dirk, it wouldn't have been a big deal because Dirk was the underdog going in. Like that was a heavily Miami favorite series, bro. They was up two zero. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Going in, I was just like, yo. During the series, that was just happening. I was like, okay, LeBron's slacking, but D-Wiz is just going crazy. Dallas don't got no answer for Miami. They're going to win. You know what I mean? It's too much talent. They just realized that they're they're better than everybody, and they're about to win three championships in a row. Nah, Dirk had other plans. That never happened with Jordan. Like, as much as we as Knicks fans would have loved to see, like, in the mid-'90s, like, Pat, Pat, Pat Ewing just has, like, that Dirk run. You know what I mean? Like, we for sure definitely don't remember the 90s like that, but I feel like I would have a vague recollection of going to a parade. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, a, a championship parade. You know? <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's my little soapbox rant about the Jordan versus LeBron comparison. I do want to just go back and shine the light on the documentary itself because I was just – you got any more thoughts? Because, like, I got, like I said, a whole – some notes. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you got more? Um, no, not really. I I think it just – it's – I love they saved it. I, I love they saved it for 20 years to, to bring it out. He's like, all right, next guy to come up on the plate, once, once all of the spotlight's on him, I'm going to drop this shit, and they're going to yeah, remember yeah. who I am. <laughs> uh, no, not, not, not too many. What, what, what else um, you got? I mean, it's just like general thoughts, but like going back to the first couple episodes or like the first episode of the fucking documentary, Carolina Blue of like the North Carolina team, best college team colorway ever. That shit was sexy. You know what I mean? The Carolina Powder Blue. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, like, underrated storyline that I feel like Adam Silver is making their point to, like, make sure it doesn't come out like that a lot. But in the 80s, motherfuckers was doing coke and drugs like they were Gatorade <laughs> and just going to games. So I thought yeah, that I was cool just that. seeing, like, yeah. that was literally the dark period of the NBA. I know Bill Simmons did a whole, like, couple chapters of it in his big book of basketball. I don't know if you read that yet. No. Highly recommend it. As much as a dickhead Bill Simmons just turned into being in the last couple of years, he used to be a really good writer once upon a time. So I recommend that book. Especially it's quarantine, you ain't got nothing else to do. But he was saying how he had a whole couple of chapters dedicated to what the fuck was I talking about? Bill Simmons. <laughs> yeah, Bill Simmons. What the fuck was I talking about? Shit. See this is what happens when I got notes that I can barely read. <laughs> but shit. 
You got anything? Try, I'm trying to like rack my brain. Yeah, what did Bill Simmons <laughs> say about Michael Jordan and the Coke? Oh yeah, he had a whole fucking chapter dedicated to just like the dark <laughs> era of the NBA, where like the what drugs a, are just what, rampant. What irony here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we're fasting today, so the mind is not operating at peak, of course, peak level. Yo, you know while I mean? we're on that topic, real quick, I think I think quarantine is affects our cognitive like abilities because I I be forgetting names like that. Like last week, I forgot Vision's name. And for some reason, I couldn't get Black Widow's name out. And, like, um, there's so many times when, like, I have names at the tip of my tongue, I just wouldn't be able to get it out. I don't know if that's some quarantine thing or that's some that's some age-related thing, but... I think it's definitely... You write on... You're on the right page with the quarantine thing, or you're on the right kind of path with that. Because, like, there's, there's definitely... I think I read some shit about how, like... Just, like, humans... We're social creatures by nature. We're not meant to be cooped up like this without yep. human contact like that. You know what I mean? So then that actually has an effect on your cognitive ability and your psych. You know what I mean? So, like, yo, I know we in a quarantine, but that's why I'm trying to make a point to just, like, even get that fresh air. You know what I mean? Like, even just being out and about. You know what I mean? You got to do whatever you can. But, yeah, I definitely feel you on that. Like, okay. there's moments doing work, <laughs> especially when, like, fasting and shit. One, you're low energy. But, two, it's just, like, yo, being indoors for so long that my mind is just, like, playing tricks on me. It's, like, yo, it's so hard to fucking focus. But and we got to do what we got to do, right? You know what I mean? We got no other choices. Either, like, be quarantined or, like, be a dumbass and go get COVID. On that note, did you see the shit about how, like, South Korea opened up clubs for one day? And there was that, one, that one patient that went into, like, five of them. <laughs> Son, <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't be laughing, but that's so funny. <laughs> no, it, it's funny to me because they literally was just like, this man was lit that night. He went to, like, five bars and just went home. <laughs> went home. He had a crazy night. And then imagine your government shows up the next day. All right, we need you to retrace your steps. And you could barely motherfucking remember you got a hangover. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're trying to get the Advil in you. And the motherfucking police is like, oh, we need you to come to every place you remember. He's like, bro, I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't even remember. It was that kind of night. You know what I mean? So then now... The whole motherfucking nation is trying to retrace and see who we got exposed to. Bro, this is going to be so bad. We're not as efficient as South Korea is, obviously. Because mm-hmm. when that shit happens here, oh, well, people are going to die. What are we going to do? That's, that's the, gov- the federal government's fucking reaction. Out of our hands. <laughs> now you're talking about cocaine in the, uh, the 80s. Oh, yeah. So I thought that, I'll, just to bring that back, like, so... Simmons was talking about that in his book in vivid detail, and they kind of briefly touched on it because I feel like Adam Silver was just like, ah, you can't, you can't bring that up again because like we're not trying to remember that. You know what I mean? It's, so I thought it was interesting how they brought up how it was such a dark era, and then you got young Jordan coming in. It was it's part of that whole storyline of him being inevitable. He came in, he was that beacon of hope that would just like, as soon as he showed out on the court, they're like, oh, shit, we might have something here. We might have the next superstar to take us to the next era. And he literally, like, brought the NBA from the Dark Ages. Like, Michael and—not Michael. Magic and Bird definitely did that to an extent. You know what I mean? In that era where it was, like, the, that whole rivalry. But then once Jordan came to the plate, and then, you know, it took off. You know what I mean? I feel like it was crazy to see that, that parallel of, like, yo, at a certain point, the NBA was not this— media savvy accessible all you know all the people love us we're so great on social media they were never there, there was a point where they weren't that they were like seen as like the redheaded stepchild in terms of the sports leagues because like simmons made a point also they were seen so badly because of the drug like problem in the league that they wouldn't even show games live it would be tape delay you know what i mean could you imagine that wow. now just yeah. tuning in to watch game seven of the finals oh no it got recorded two days ago in the studio we're gonna watch it in two days you know what i mean what? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy, bro. It was it was just wild to see that comparison. That, that that's the only point I had cuz it's wild. <laughs> Do you want to kind of put a pin on that in terms of our last dance recap cuz I know there's a uh, two more episodes tomorrow and last two next week, right? Or Yeah, man. It's holy shit, it's over next week. Last dance. Yeah. It's I hope I kind of want them to just like just do one episode next week. And then, like, ex- save the last episode for the week after that. Just extend it, because like, we ain't got nothing else to watch. I, I think they really I mean. planned it out for it to be the end of quarantine time. That's, that's just my guess, because next Sunday is, like, the last day of quarantine. They're like, all right, so you guys are you guys should be done right now. I wouldn't mind. That will be, like, a 50-part documentary. I'm with it. Shit. Mm. And if, if, if they actually stay true to that, that mandate, <laughs> keep putting out content until the quarantine's over. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we might get that Wizards documentary once quarantine's over in 2022. Shit. 
But, yeah, I mean, I also make note right here. MJ had uh, the brown liquor and cigars on deck. <laughs> That's when you know you was going to get the fire interviews. You yeah. know what I mean? When, they, when he's sitting on the couch. And I was just paying attention to that. He started with two cigars, full cup. It was like towards the end of one episode, cup empty. He's had the last cigar in his hand. I was like, damn, Mike was lit for this. Fire. <laughs> That's how you know he was getting good content, bro. <laughs> All right, so I think, I mean, this it, it this is a long time coming, but our opinions on the Last Dance has been pretty good. They, uh, ESPN's been doing a good job. Yeah, you know, hats off to him. I feel like it's mostly Mike though. He's he's definitely in the as competitive as this as this dude is. He's probably literally was in the production truck, just like make, telling editors how to do their jobs. Could you imagine that you a videographer? Michael fucking Jordan is over your shoulder. He's like, no, I don't like that cut. No, do better. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, get me another one. <laughs> He's just yelling for Phil Jackson to send another guy in. <laughs> get me another audio tech guy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. And overall, I'm glad that they decided to release the production right now. So it's, a, it's yeah. as good as a time as any for this for the show to you know really be out there right now. Some yeah, good yeah. shit. Um, but yeah, I think we're gonna basically wrap up. Wrap, uh, wrap up. See, this this is the cognitive shit affecting me we're gonna wrap oh, up yeah, this alzheimer's episode. what's that that might, that might be alzheimer's i don't know that seemed like alzheimer's might have a problem bro i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> for for our listeners i can't see my man my man's just looking at me so pissed like did i just drop a dirty little secret i didn't know my fault you got premature alzheimer's bro my no fault. man no man I mean, God forbid, bro. I got, I got, I got. Yeah, yeah God forbid, one. yeah. Uh, Knock on everything. God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-dimension. Uh, all right, so we're <laughs> we're gonna wrap up this episode right now. This was the nineteenth episode of this season of the Nickish Show. Um, on some Knicks news, real quick. I think they were saying that they, they might trade up to get Lamelo Ball. I don't know how much of a truth that is, but we'll see. I could see it just because I don't know if you've been paying attention, but Lamelo definitely where where is number one destination choice. Like I don't know if you've seen it on social media. Mm-hmm. He's like posting like just uh, snaps or whatever the fuck. What are the kids using now? Just him and his girl and like blue and orange shit. He's like liking tweets where like Knicks fans are like, "Oh, we need to trade up for Lamelo," or like, "I don't care what happens in the draft." And this is going back to like January, where it's like a Knicks fan just like, "I don't care what happens in the draft. I want Lamelo." It's like you see the like by Lamelo Ball. So without, I feel like yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, go like ahead, I go. haven't done much. To be honest, I haven't done much research on the draft prospects yet. Like, there's no lottery date set, so I haven't really started my research. But honestly, from what I know about Lamelo, six foot eight, I think point guard who can pass the ball, can shoot the ball, has a personality. Special passer. Like I see that yeah. a lot. They call him a special passer, and we need that. I think I, I mean. think he's one of those guys who has a high reward possibility. Might be high risk too, but at this point in time, like. We don't we don't need the safe bet right now. I think we need a guy who can be a home run. I think Lamelo is that guy. Yeah, and I've been doing like preliminary kind of research into the draft too. And like obviously once like they announced the draft lottery and everything is postponed, I just you know just stopped doing that and I just stopped really paying attention. But from all and from all accounts, like a lot of experts are saying this draft is going to be weak, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Mm-hmm. I never really give much weight to that when they say it because they said that about a lot of great drafts too. And I'm just like you know this is. How do you say that about a whole class? There's like 60 players, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But apparently it's weak. There's no, like, Zion or Luka prospect. It's just, like, kind of choose your own flavor. It might end up being, like, one of those years. Like, remember when Anthony Bennett went number one? Everybody was surprised. Yep. Like, 2013 was a weak draft. And looking back on it, I think it definitely still holds up as that. I mean, there's some great players in there. But I think LaMelo is definitely, like, if there's going to be a best player in this draft, from my amateur opinion, I think LaMelo might be that guy. You know what I mean? So if we trade up for him. Mazel tov. Let's get it popping. You know what I mean? Yeah, we got point guard. We got a backcourt. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's our backcourt of the future. You know what I mean? Then pretty soon we'll see you know, like RJ walking through the halls of MSG All Star Game. Motherfucking, who's who's the Jordan equivalent? LeBron just bumps into him. He's like, I see you down the road, kid. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fifteen years from now, LeBron's still playing with his son. RJ getting buckets on him. That'd be poetic. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think RJ, if he bulks up, could possibly be a three. I think Knox could possibly be a four if he bulks up. Frank could be a solid number two. Lamelo number one. Mitch number five. Yeah. Why not, right? Yeah, I mean, if they all reach their like potential, like mm-hmm. their ideal version of what they need to be, beautiful thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then I also got a feeling that Leon Rose is just gonna be like, "Yo, fuck them kids." He just throw them in the trash and mm-hmm. go trade for stars. So. 
I think I don't think there's gonna be an in between, bro. I think this is gonna be one or the other. We're either gonna literally settle on going young, or Leon's just gonna be like, nah, I got connections. I'm gonna bring these guys here. These kids are cool. They could grow up somewhere else. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> as long as we keep Mitch, that's all. And I love RJ too, but I don't know. I can't. I'm not at the point yet where I can say like, don't throw RJ in a trade for a bona fide star if there is one. You know what I mean? I'm talking about superstar, not like Bradley Beal. I'd rather keep RJ over, like, training for Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. If, like, Giannis is, like, demands a trade, get the fuck out of here, RJ. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Milwaukee's cold like Canada. You're going to be good there, man. <laughs> but if RJ's listening, I love you, bro. Like, please don't hate me. All right, so that, let's put a pin on this episode in that case. Um, thank you guys for listening. Again, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And that's at Nickish Show. Subscribe on YouTube at Nickish Show. And uh, we hope that everyone's staying safe. Please wear a mask and just, you know, keep up your six feet distance. Don't think that this virus is over because it's not. Uh, don't be stupid, please. And uh, keep tuning in to our shows. We appreciate it. Uh, follow us again. Subscribe and all that. And, uh, you know, stay safe. You got anything? Nah, just stay safe. Keep proving Thanos wrong. We are all not idiots, you know what I mean? So just, just keep keep keep, keep, pro- keep proving that theory, you know, correct, that we are not all idiots. Do exactly what my partner just said. Exercise the proper cautions. Wear a mask when you leave the crib. Um, and, yeah, if you like feeling that cabin fever from quarantine, just, yo, just get some fresh air when you can. Be safe about it. Do whatever you need to do. Take mental health days at work if you have the availability. You know what I mean? If, you, if you're working, like, a job like we are where you got PTO and shit like that, do that. Like, on some serious shit, because, like, exactly what you just said, bro. Like, it's got to get to your head to a certain point, and in, in some varying degrees, too, just, like, dealing with, like, being cooped up and shit. So, people out there, just do whatever you need to do to just cope, because it's scary times out here, no matter what the federal government will tell you. Mm-hmm. We are not back in business. Corona out there just waiting to jump us again, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not going to be pretty, yeah. as sad as it is to say. But other than that, yo, just peace. You know? Yep. Till next time. Stay safe. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, guys. Happy Peace Ramadan. Out.